Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Dovniak, and today I am digging into part three of my intuitive eating summer series. So if you haven't listened to part one and part two, all about ditching diets and making peace with food, the satisfaction factor, and the food police, I highly encourage you to go listen to those first. My aim with this series is to give you short and sweet practical advice to begin to implement the 10 principles of intuitive eating into your life. I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. So in today's episode, we are digging into principles two and five, honor your hunger and feel your fullness. I have a question for you. How often do you ignore your hunger? How does that work out for you? I know as moms, sometimes listening to our hunger right away can be really hard, but ignoring our hunger has some seriously detrimental side effects. Most of the time, ignoring or putting off our hunger, whether it's for practical reasons or to try and eat less, which we know doesn't work in a dieting sense, only ends in us eating more when we deprive ourselves and then become over hungry. Remember, hunger is a biological cue. It signals to us that our body is on E. How far does your car run on E? Not far before it breaks down because it has no gas. The same happens in our bodies. Once you reach the point of excessive hunger, hanger if you will, all bets are off. We more often than not don't make choices that serve us and overeat in an effort to quell the intense hunger we feel. Oftentimes, these effects can last for hours on end. Have you ever waited too long to eat and then realize that nothing you eat is satisfying you? That's because you waited too long to eat. And if you had just eaten, you know, close to the time you started to feel hungry, there likely um, you would have been able to choose something that was satisfying, make a good choice, and then be satisfied by it rather than feeling that like constant nagging hunger all day long. When you're not eating enough, your body takes this signal as starvation. It amps up your hunger hormones to remind you, hey, I need fuel, I'm on E. Our need for food, energy, remember, that is the primary need our food fulfills, is so powerful and essential and primal, our bodies compensate with intense physiological and psychological cues. 
How well do you think when you're hungry? Exactly. Your body is begging you for fuel. Cravings for carbohydrates are increased when we go too long without eating due to the effect of neuropeptide Y, which is a brain chemical that when we're fasting or we haven't had enough carbohydrates or we haven't had enough protein signals to us that our body needs more fuel just to run. Ghrelin levels increase post-dieting to help our bodies return to their set point weight. Our bodies want to be in a happy place. They don't want to be yo-yoing. And that's why our hunger increases when we've lost weight rapidly. Our body fights against our extreme moderation. There was actually a study done, a really fascinating study done by Ansel Keys um, during World War II. So we had 32 healthy men. um, And for the first three months of the study, he let them eat whatever they wanted. And he recorded what they ate. And they ate around around 34-3500 calories which is you know average for these um you know their army men believe they were army so if you're military and that was wrong I apologize um for the next six months they put them on a semi-starvation diet and now this I find completely hilarious it was about 15 to 1700 calories most diet plans out there are less than that but it was about half of what they were eating pre- previously or less than half. Um, so I digress, but that's what they did. So 32 healthy men, first three months, they could eat whatever they wanted and they just recorded it. And the next six months, they put them on semi-starvation. So they were still eating, but the results that they had from this study was incredible. These men, remember they're men in the 40s. I don't know if I mentioned that they became completely obsessed with food. They were thinking about food all the time. They were saving recipes. Remember, this was before the time of Pinterest. They were like cutting recipes out of magazines and saving them. These are men. Like men didn't cook in the 40s most often. They were talking about food all the time. They were completely preoccupied with food. These men um, often binge ate. There was one man who was found like surrounded by food in the grocery store because he couldn't handle himself and he like binge ate a whole bunch of food because he was feeling so starving. And most interestingly, their metabolic rate decreased by 40% in only six months. That is what their body burns with the energy their body burns on a regular basis. In only six months of eating such few calories, such little energy, their metabolic rate decreased. And guess what these things mimic? The symptoms of chronic dieting. When we are constantly restricting ourselves, we often become obsessed with food. We're obsessed with finding new recipes. We're talking about food all the time. We're preoccupied with food. Oftentimes, restricting causes binging. That's actually the biggest cause of binging is actually restricting. Um, And our metabolic rate decreases. So once these men were refed, they went crazy. Obviously, they ate all of the food and they regained their weight very, very quickly. The point here, we can't outsmart biology. We can try, but ultimately it fails. What does honoring your hunger do then? Honoring your hunger creates trust. Your body needs to know consistently that it will have access to food to avoid this primal drive to overeat. It also allows us to tune in and respond well. There's a reason honor your hunger comes before feel your fullness. It's impossible to truly respond to your fullness if you haven't responded first to hunger. Remember what happens when you wait too long to eat and then it feels like you can never get full again. It's much easier to stop eating when necessary when you truly know you'll be able to eat again. 
This requires the trust of consistently honoring your hunger. The more you honor your body when it's hungry and trust it as a biological cue, the more your body will expect that it's going to get food at the next meal and have less of a desire to overeat. Dieting often instills in us a license to eat at mealtime. So instead of tuning into when our body is actually satisfied, we just clean our plates in fear that the next meal won't come or in fear of impending hunger when we still see hunger as a bad thing. We also get this clean your plate club card from our parents, our parents or their parents, you know, especially if they were in like the time of the depression or they were without food, um, often encourage us to to finish our plate that hold like there are starving kids in Africa. Well, yes, and we can help those starving kids in Africa, but it doesn't mean we need to finish our plate because there are starving kids in Africa. It's still important to listen to our body, our society and the economy tells us the same thing, that we shouldn't waste food. And then there's just habit, right? There's, you know, we consistently finish our plate. And there's nothing wrong with finishing your plate if that's, you know, satisfying and that feels good to you. But if you don't need to finish your plate and you're just finishing your plate out of habit or because you don't want to waste anything, you can always save it, um, you can always eat more later, um, or because of what our parents have taught us, then that might not be the right reason to finish your plate. And then, of course, there's eating when you're ravenous. And we often finish our plate just because we're so hungry. We need all of the things. And then we step back and realize, I'm a little bit over full. We're not eating just because we need it. We're eating it because it's there or we were told to. So it's not responding to our actual biological cues. And the same thing goes for eating tiny meals throughout the day to quell your hunger consistently. Not only is this not great for your blood sugar going up and down all day long, it never truly satisfies your need to fuel your body, both physiologically and psychologically. So respecting fullness, i.e. the ability to stop eating when you're biologically fed, comes down to a few factors. And number one is honoring our hunger. First and foremost, we need to consistently honor our hunger. And when we do, then we can much more readily tune in to when our body is actually full. And then second would be allowing that full, unconditional permission to eat. If we don't give ourselves permission to eat again when we're hungry, if we're only eating um, on like a certain timeline, like you're eating every two hours or every three hours, or you're trying to not have any snacks, or anytime we try and force timed feedings rather than eating when we're hungry, um, we get this sense of fear that we won't get our next meal. And so what happens is we consistently overeat and it's easier just to leave a little bit of food behind if you need to when you know you can have it again any time. So there are different fullness factors, right? So I want to be really clear that our hunger and our fullness changes day to day. It changes throughout the day. So how long it's been from one meal to another will change how long it takes us to get full. Um, How much food is left in our stomach from our meal before will indicate um, to us well, without us even knowing that, you know, we probably don't need as much as, you know, a different meal. We could be eating the same meal and get fuller faster even if it's the same meal as we had, you know, two days ago because we had more food left in our stomach. The type of foods we eat um, will definitely change our fullness, like protein's the most satiating nutrient, so that's going to um, keep us fuller longer, um, and, it, and um, it might prevent us from needing to eat as much at the next meal. Um, fiber fills us up really fast. It's, it creates bulk, and so when our stomach is stretched, Um, We have a hunger hormone called ghrelin that's released, and so that indicates to us that we are starting to get full. Um, 
as well as fat. Fat signals CCK, um, cholecystokinin, which is a different hunger hormone that um, indicates that it's time to start the digestion process. Um, and so that, that kind of indicates satiety as well. Initial hunger, like I mentioned before, that's going to change whether or not we feel fuller faster because if we're extra, extra hungry, there's a chance it will take us a lot longer, if at all, to get really, truly full and satisfied. Um, and then there's social influence. We do studies show that we tend to eat more when we're with others. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't ever eat with other people. And, you know, eating is a social event and it can be a social event. And I fully support that. Um, it's just recognizing that um, you still have to tune in even when you're with other people. And sometimes you won't and you'll overeat and that's okay it's just one meal you don't have to worry about it but if you're always eating with other people and consistently overeating it would be something to look at you know being a little bit more mindful or maybe choosing one meal a day where you can um, focus on your meal a little bit more just know that fullness just like hunger does change day to day meal to meal and this is normal and you can trust your body to tell you when you're hungry and when you're full so let's talk practical steps Number one, learn the subtle signs of hunger. Stomach growling is not the only sign of physical hunger, though most of us think that way. Yo-yo dieting and the diet mindset can trick us into thinking we're not hungry when we are or when we're not. So here are a few subtle cues that your body is needing fuel. Uh, remember that many of these in, like by themselves don't necessarily indicate hunger, but if it's been a while since you've eaten, hunger might be the culprit. So it's just something to think about, right? So difficulty making decisions, feeling irritable or annoyed, difficulty concentrating, that feeling of lack of focus, um, feeling restless or uncomfortable, thinking about or fantasizing about food, sweating, headaches, um, sometimes this can be from dehydration, sometimes it's from hunger, dizziness or lightheadedness, or even nausea. Any of these things can indicate hunger, especially if you're out of tune with your hunger and you're not eating consistently. So what if your hunger isn't there? Because I do have clients that come to me that are like, I've dieted for so long, I can't even tell when I'm hungry. So number one would be just to continue to tune in to your body. Eventually those, those cues will come up. So listen to those subtle signs of hunger, not just the stomach growling, and continue to tune in at each and every meal and notice your fullness levels as well. Um, and then, because that will also indicate, like if you eat two bites of something and you're full, it's like, oh, I wasn't actually hungry. Um, also avoiding numbing foods or substances. Um, I shouldn't say substances, but, you know, rather than eating, a lot of people will, you know, have a Diet Coke or a sparkling water or... Um, chew on a piece of gum. So um, avoiding food or skipping meals is also um, can create a disconnect between our body. So a general rule would be to never go five hours without eating. And I don't like putting rules around things. This is very general, but after about five hours, our bodies need some refuel. Um, and this is just, this is based on our carbohydrate stores being depleted. They're our body's main source of energy. So about five hours, our liver, our muscles, they're out of fuel and they need more. And if you're feeling lightheaded and dizzy or you're feeling a lack of focus or concentration, there's a really good indication that your brain's like, um, hey, I need some energy. So number two would be to honor your hunger right away. I love the word honor. You are honoring your body by giving your body what it needs by honoring this biological cue. So each time you go to eat, ask yourself, am I hungry? What is my hunger level? 
It's okay to eat smaller meals or bigger meals. It all depends on what feels good in your body. Sometimes you're going to prefer a smaller meal. Sometimes you're going to prefer a bigger meal. But the key here is that you have foods on hand, so you're honoring your hunger right away. This might be a practice if you're not used to honoring your hunger of just having food on hand so that whenever you're hungry, you can give yourself a little something so you can start to get, um, or you're feeling those subtle signs of hunger, so you can get yourself back to a place where your hunger is um, more consistent. And remember that this isn't a mantra. This is not the hunger and fullness diet. Um, A lot of people think of intuitive eating as just eat anything I want and just eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. But it's a lot more nuanced than that. Sometimes you want to eat because you want to eat. And that's okay. And sometimes you also need to plan ahead. This is also okay. If you have a job that only allows you to eat at certain times throughout the day, that's fine. Your body will get used to it the more you're eating consistently and honoring your body and learning what's truly satisfying. Number four would be to do a fullness check-in. So learning comfortable satiety is a practice of mindfulness. And this is a whole other topic, but some short little points here. Um, is learning what that subtle feeling of stomach fullness feels like. So this really comes down to tuning in at our meals and listening to our bodies and going, okay, I've had, you know, half of my meal. How do I feel now? Am I starting to feel full? Can I feel that feeling of my stomach maybe starting to stretch? And this is very, very subtle. So starting to learn when you are no longer hungry to the point of being full to the point of being over full. And this just requires mindfulness and tuning in, which a lot of us were not taught. So it is definitely a practice. Um, Feeling satisfied and content is also a really good way to check in on your fullness. And then that feeling of not being hungry or not being full is also something good to check in on. You're like, all right, I'm not hungry anymore, but I'm also not full. Um, And remember that fullness is not the absence of hunger. So as soon as that feeling of hunger goes away, it doesn't necessarily mean you're full. You don't need to be over full, um, but you definitely, you need to feel that feeling of of fullness. You're probably going to be hungry pretty, pretty quickly after your meal. Just remember that this is highly individual. Just because you ate something, um, you know, you ate more than your friend when you're going out to lunch. Remember those things I talked about earlier, the amount of time it's been, the amount of food left in your stomach, the type of foods you ate, initial hunger, all of these things are going to um, be factors to how full you get. And so it's very individual. But that's why you tune in, right? That's why you learn this practice of being mindful around your meals. And we'll talk more about this in the future. But um, to start, notice that subtle feeling of fullness. Notice that feeling of being satisfied and content um, and start to tune in. So number five would be to check in with yourself at the end of each meal. So if you're used to cleaning your plate, practice leaving a bite or two of food on your plate and see how you feel. If this feels crazy restrictive, that's okay. Just start by tuning in and then we can get to that point. Um, Also asking where your fullness level is at and how does that feel? And do you feel like something is missing? This here is likely the satisfaction factor. So go back to the last episode and listen in for tips on choosing more satisfying foods. Because remember, satisfaction happens physically and also um, emotionally with our taste buds. I hope this was helpful today, friends. I am so enjoying sharing this series with you. I truly hope that you are enjoying digging deeper into the 10 principles of intuitive eating um, and that, you know, you're you're really getting some practical tips from these. Please shoot me an email if you have follow-up questions. Chris at HealthyMamaChris.com. 
I am planning on doing a Q&A episode at the end of the series answering all of your questions. Um, so don't forget to ask me them and don't forget to tag me on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris with the progress you're making. I want to hear how much closer you're getting to that beautiful, balanced place of eating intuitively, nourishing your body and feeling healthy, happy and whole. Remember, I am always here for one-on-one intuitive eating and nutrition coaching. I only have a couple coaching spots left this month, so head to my website, healthymamachris.com, to book a free 45-minute discovery session to decide if working together is the next step in your food freedom journey. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.